Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is the delayed broadcast uh, for our Anzac Day special. And of course, you are with Lyle and... Mon! And... And... Jasmine. Jasmine. Jasmine is here. And so, of course, today is a day of, uh, of reflection. It is a day of remembering the great sacrifice that many have made for the peace that we are enjoying. As we sit here at Big Camp, we are surrounded by nature. We have the birds singing in the background. We have the gum trees all around us. Around us. We have people who are in tents and caravans. And we have the ocean breaking on the beach uh, just a very short distance away, and when you experience the incredible peace and the joy of being in a place like this, it is definitely a reminder that you know our peace has come at a terrible, terrible cost. And Anzac Day, of course, is a day to remember that terrible cost and to remember all those who have, have given their lives in sacrifice so that we can sit here today and enjoy what we are enjoying. <coughs> I'm I'm thinking as we think about you know what we're all thankful for this morning. Um, is there a particular part of Anzac Day that um, sort of is is particularly special to you, Monica? Uh, actually, I have a I have a weird uh, history with Anzac Day. Like my I didn't know it existed until I was well into school years, <laughs> and uh, I never really understood what it was until I was quite a bit older, probably in my early twenties, when I sort of. I really understood what Anzac Day was about. So yeah, I have a. I suppose because I have a German background, so I come up with quite a different approach. Um, and you know, my parents being immigrants, and when they got here, they didn't speak any English, and so there's a lot of Australian holidays that I just didn't really know what they were, hmm. uh, including like clearly Australia Day and you know anything else. And um, and they just you know weren't hugely celebrated or remarked upon in my house because we just didn't get it. It wasn't the internet age when my parents got here, so it's not like sure. they, it's not like Google in German. What is Anzac Day? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I remember seeing a piece of art though, um, an artwork 
uh, of a couple enjoying a beautiful beach. Um, and then it showed sort of like underneath where, you know, there's a dirt where you'd usually expect to see worms and that kind of thing. But instead, it was soldiers and they were holding up the entire beach and the entire landscape and the, this, this couple enjoying the beach. And that really is, the, that image is what I think of every Anzac Day. This is the delayed broadcast, of course, and so if you would like to listen to the live show, how do they do that, Mon? It's super-duper easy. Just jump across to our website, which is faithfm.com.au, and you can press play on the live stream, or you can download the TuneIn app and search for Faith FM Australia and listen to the digital broadcast, or, of course, best of all, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. Ask us how you can get the live broadcast in your area, and we can help sort that out for you. It's 1-800-324-843, and just ask us. Nineteen fifteen on Christmas Day On the Western Front the guns all died away And lying in the mud on bags of sand we heard a German sing from no man's land He had a tenor voice so pure and true The words were strange but every note we knew Soaring o'er the living dead and damned A German sang of peace from no man's land They left their trenches and we left ours Beneath tin hats the smiles bloomed like wildflowers With photos, cigarettes and pots of wine We built a soldier's troops on the front line the singer was a lad of twenty-one We begged another song before the dawn And sitting in the mud and blood and fear He sang again the song all long to Silent night, no cannons roar Our king is born of peace forevermore All's calm, all's bright, all brothers hand in hand In 1915, no man's alive Killed the boy that sang in no man's land Silent night, no cannons roar Our king is born of peace forevermore All's calm, all's bright, all brothers 
Celtic Thunder with Christmas of 1915 here on Faith FM and a powerful song with a powerful message that is going to lead into my next piece that I want to talk about this morning. But before we do, Mon, you have a clue for our quiz. What have we got for us this morning? Okay, I have a what creature am I quiz. <clears throat> Sorry, put a bit, a bit of mark against me on the cough register there, Shell. <laughs> the keeping count. Okay, this is a what creature am I quiz. That's a what creature am I. The first clue is this. Queen Athaliah was killed at the entrance of a gate bearing this name. Queen Athaliah was killed at the entrance of a gate bearing this name. If you know the answer, you can give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Lyle has a confused look on his face. Do you know the answer, Lyle? No, I have no idea. If you can call me and tell me the answer before Lyle figures it out, I will send you double prizes. Today's prize is a wonderful book... um, Faith of the Anzacs. Faith of the Anzacs by Daniel Renault. Uh, we've actually interviewed him about that book on this show last year. It's a really, really great book. Uh, call us now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and snap that one up for yourself. Faith of the Anzacs by Daniel Renault. The song that we were just listening to by Celtic Thunder story, tells the story of um, the Western Front in uh, the Christmas of 1915, when there was a Christmas truce, and it brings to reality the humanity um, that is involved in warfare where so often, you know, people, young men from both sides follow orders to go into war and lose their lives. It really highlights the tragedy of war. And Mon, I just want to thank you for what you shared growing up here in Australia as the, um, as the daughter of immigrants and not really understanding, you know, from our perspective because, you know, it, it's, it's the winners who get to have Anzac Day. Yeah. And one of the tragedies of war is that there's another whole side to the story where we gather together this morning and we say we will never forget those who died for us. And there is another whole side of those who are forgotten because, you know, they were on the side of the war that lost. And so that leads me to, um, you know, the the Bible tells us that we need to pray for our, our enemies. And our enemies are, you know, they are families, they are they are people like ourselves. It leads me to um, a, a special guest that I want to welcome to the show this morning. And joining us on the phone is <coughs> none other than Reinhard Galash. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Let me see. Oh, it seems we have lost him. And so we're just going to have to get him back on the line. <coughs> Let's see if we can get this uh, phone to work here this morning. And just while we're trying to connect this, uh, here we go, it's ringing now. <coughs> Not sh- quite sure how we uh, lost the connection there, but... Um, Reinhardt, welcome to the show. 
Um, we're so thankful that you can join us this morning. Now, for those of you who might be wondering, Reinhardt is my is, dad. That's right. Reinhardt is <laughs> Monica's so dad. I'm so surprised. You've really shocked me this time. <laughs> I was hoping to catch you even more by surprise. <laughs> you really did. But uh, then the phone cut off, so I'm not quite sure what happened there. I think my jaw hit the floor and I was kind of speechless for a second. My dad's on radio. Hello, Papa. Reinhardt. Um, yes, you're coming through very faintly right here. Uh, I'm just going to see if I can get a little bit more volume happening. No, that's turned up to full volume there. Let me just try something here. That's also turned up to full volume. Um but Reinhardt, what I wanted to uh, I wanted to share I wanted to ask you a couple of questions this morning, particularly because you know here on Faith FM Radio we love Mon and Mon has so much that she contributes to you know to to, to Faith FM um, to Christianity to Australia as an Australian. But um, you know there are certain circumstances that you know she is here because you know your father was somebody that survived in the Second World War but under very different circumstances to what we normally hear about. And uh, I'm just wondering, whether Reinhardt, whether you can share with us where it was that your father served. He was sent with his unit uh, to the east, that means uh, into, deep into Russia. And the turning point was what is today Ukraine. It's, that's how deep before they were pushed back. Okay, so that was, uh, and, and if that's coming through faintly for you, just need to uh, mention that Reinhardt has mentioned that his father was sent into uh, the Eastern Front, he was sent into Russia, he was sent into the Ukraine, and of course that was a part of not the Allies, but the Axis force of this was with the, the Wehrmacht, uh, the German army, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And what what kind of a unit was he involved in? What was his position in the German army? I don't know. My father was very secretive about uh, all this, uh, very quiet. We spoke only two times in all these years doing a night work, and uh, he opened up for the very first time. I know only very little, um, I think it was too harsh. Too, too bitter to remember what he had seen, especially what he had heard. And I think this is a really important point that we need to highlight on a day like today, on Anzac Day, is just the, the true horror of what takes place in war. And so many who came back from the war had that same experience of, of not, you know, just, just not ever being prepared to talk about it. Reinhardt, I'm wondering whether you can tell us, how was it that your father was able to survive? So few Germans survived on the Eastern Front. How was your father able to survive? They were already on the way home, uh, pushed back by the Red Army. Then his superior came to him and said, I've had to go back to Germany and bring back heavy guns. And he thought it was a very silly order because the heavy equipment would be left behind uh, as a first uh, uh, measurement to make the units faster to, to trying to reach the homeland. So he was, uh, he was having a motorcycle going west and of course very faster than the unit and went west then north to Poland through the Baltic Sea and was uh, arriving in Kiel it is a, a port in northern Germany. It was defeated by the British Army, and uh, he gave his name, and he's never used rival to them, and was sent home. 
He was a member of the Red Cross because he was a, a paramedic and a driver in the war, um, driving motorcycles and heavy tanks through the fighting line on deck. And he started to search for his wife because she fled as well, my mum, from the eastern shore. And um, he searched uh, for his mates through the Red Cross uh, list. And it turned out that his unit had vanished. No one came back, not alive, not dead. No one was found. And he believed strongly that his heavenly father so instructed his superior with a silly order to get at least one man out of this uh, situation. Mm, and because of that order, as you say, um, and, and if you missed what Reinhardt was sharing, um, Reinhardt's father was ordered back to, uh, to to bring heavy guns up to the front, which, you know, when the army is in retreat is uh, is a foolish order, but he believes that he was given that order so that someone from the unit would survive, and, uh, of course, he was the only survivor, and it's when because... You, yes? When you retreat, it was usually all hands on deck. No one was allowed to have a... What is it called? A furlough, or what is it called? A, a, a few days a holiday, or what is it called? A home. And uh, it was very unusual to give an order like this to go backwards in a situation like this. Every everyone was uh, needed to retreat, and he was given an order to get more guns in. Sure, sure. And as a result of that, he was able to survive, which means that. Uh we have been blessed with having Monica here as a part of uh, of Faith FM today. You know, you, you come down to a time of peace today and you just don't realise, you know, the stories that are behind, um, you know, the, the, the people that, that, that are alive today and that are making such wonderful contributions to our world. Reinhardt, thank you so much for joining us this morning and sharing a story that is often not told, an untold story from the other side, but a very, very human story. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye, Papa. Bye-bye. <laughs> I just want to say, no wonder I have such awesome radio skills. My dad is so good on radio. Yeah, of He's course so he articulate. is. That's my daddy, yo. We should get him on more often. Anyway, we're going to move on with um, our show this morning. And coming up, we have uh, Kate Hollingsworth with... Um, the words that won the war. You listen to Faith FM. Survival 
was uh, Kate Hollingsworth with The Words That Won The War here on Faith FM. And as a part of our Anzac Day special this morning, joining us uh, right here in our Big Tent studio is uh, Corporal Jesse Stanfield. But before we get to uh, the stories that he's going to be sharing with us, we have another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us there, Mon? Yes, yeah, so it's continuing the What Creature Am I quiz that Lyle still doesn't know the answer to. So give us a call quick and I'll give you double prizes. The oh, next I might have it. I might have it. The next clue is this. David said this creature is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its strength, it cannot save. This creature is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its strength, it cannot save, according to David. Let's see if Lyle knows the answer. Okay, I thought I had it. Now I'm completely confused. <laughs> I'm so glad I picked <laughs> But I'm going to go with what when my gut was, out, I'm go with my, what my gut was telling me off of the first clue. Let me try this. Of course, our prize is Faith of the Anzacs, a wonderful book by Daniel Renault. Lyle has no. got it wrong. He's writing down all kinds of animals. <laughs> I've written so one animal down. What are you talking about? <laughs> Give me a call quick. If you can get it right, I'll also throw in a cookbook if you can get it before Lyle does. Corporal Jesse Stanfield, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, now, you're currently s- serving with the um, Royal Australian Air Force, I understand. Um, yes. What's your position there? What, I- what are you actually involved with? Um, so, my job role is an airfield defence guard, and I'm currently fulfilling the position as the uh, unit sniper supervisor, which is kind of strange because everyone thinks Air Force is aeroplanes, but um, I work in a ground combat unit that protects aircraft, uh, the assets and installations that air bases have. Yeah, okay. Well, that doesn't seem in the least bit strange to me before because one of my good friends that I grew up with uh, served in exactly the same unit. Oh, wow. So um, it just happens to be I'm one of those few people that is familiar with uh, <laughs> with the, 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 uh, the those that are detailed to protecting airfields and protecting aircraft and, uh, and, and serving as... Uh, uh, in many ways as an infantryman, I guess. Yes. The yeah, Air Force equivalent yeah. thereof. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, uh, Jesse, I understand that you've been involved in several operations. What have you actually been involved with in, in as far as um, you know, combat duty goes? Um, so I was involved in Operation Slipper in Afghanistan in uh, 2013 um, at Tarankout Air Base, um, which is my first deployment uh, on combat operations there. And uh, my second one was in uh, 2015 uh, supporting Operation Okra at Aldefra Airfield in the UAE, which is the most recent operation for um, Air Force. When you say that you're a sniper supervisor, does that mean you're like got underneath you a bunch of other snipers that you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, so I basically um, run the sniper cell, so I'm the senior member within my sniper cell uh, at my unit. Okay, you'll have to forgive me if I don't know all the terminology. Like a sniper cell, I'm guessing, is a group of snipers. Yeah, it's just like a, a section or. Uh, a, yeah, when a we group. think about cells, we think about terrorist cells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think about small Bible study groups, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, very similar, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff that your body is made up of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. yep, go so ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, so 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 being a sniper, I do have to uh, I do have to, to, to ask you what your, uh, your the, the best you know five shot group you've ever fired would might might be. Um, well, <laughs> we don't get groups at longer ranges because it's very okay, it's hard because the grouping okay. yeah is uh, it's it's not so much about that. Um, but yeah, the furthest I've shot is uh, two thousand three hundred meters or around that. So and hit yeah. what size target at that range? The target. Uh, was a large steel target, so it was with an anti-material rifle, um, so like a fifty caliber rifle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
I just want a, you to know that so much this is going over my head. I think I understood he shot a gun and it went two and a half k's away and you got the target. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> like, was it five shot something or other? I'm like, hey. Yeah, well, see, in, in, in sporting shooting, you'll often shoot you know, a three shot group or a five shot group to, uh, you know, to. Does that mean you yeah, just shoot the rifle, yeah. it tests your ammunition, it tests your skills um, to see how close you can get each shot to it, to, yeah. to the other so shot. So that's like saying you've got three shots, let's see what you can do. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How okay. close you can get okay. them to each other. Yeah. Okay, cool. At, yeah, at 100 metres, we'll um, group at 20 millimetres. So yep. basically, like, yeah, bullet on top of bullet almost. So. An anti material gun is it's pretty self explanatory. It's called a clover leaf pattern. The, yeah. cl- the clover leaf pattern, okay. Yes. All right. Because all the bullets are sort of making the one hole, but it makes it a little bit of a clover leaf yeah. right in the middle of the. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. <coughs> yeah. Do you, do you have, like, secrets that you can't tell us? Like, stuff that you've, you're not allowed uh, to say? I've got to be respectful of what I say um, because I'm representing the Australian Defence Force, but yeah. Cool. Okay, gotcha. Now, Operation Slipper, um, what was Operation Slipper? Operation um, Slipper was Australia's contribution uh, to the fight uh, against terrorism within Afghanistan. Um, So, yeah, that was... um, How how long were you there for? I was there for seven months. I was the last um, unit there before Australia pulled out of Afghanistan. Um, there's still a small contingent there in uh, Kabul, uh, but more specifically, Tarankout um, Air Base was uh, degraded and um, and we withdrew from there in uh, 2013. Were you involved in training um, local Afghani forces? Uh, no, I wasn't, no. Right. Other Australians were, in, uh, were are involved in that kind uh, of work? Or? Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. I, I did work alongside the, um, the Afghan security forces there, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't... I wasn't in a uh, training role. Sure. So were they involved? You, you were there protecting uh, the airfield? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And you had uh, other Afghani um, um, soldiers serving beside you in protecting the airfield? Is that how it worked? Or um, how, how did you associate with So with the Yeah, so they, they were there on the base there, but they had a, um, a different role moving out further beyond the airfield from where we were um, specifically. But we worked with the, um, yeah, we, we did interact with the uh, security forces there. Were you able to make friends with them? Like, seven months is quite a stretch. Um, yeah, I, I did. Was there, like, a language barrier? It, there is a language bar- barrier, but we do have interpreters there, which um, did enable that to happen. Um, but it, there was, uh, yeah, not, not much mingling because okay. we're there to work, so. Do you, uh, do you do language training before you go? A, a very, very uh, little bit of language training. And like, it please, really thank help. you. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Hello. Yeah, more so, like, cultural briefs so we know how to interact and, um, and, and work with a different culture, so. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask a really personal question? Sure. Do you have any PTSD? Uh, no. Okay. No. Oh, praise praise God for that. Yeah. yeah. Praise <laughs> Lord, that's rare. Do you do? You, would you say that's anything to do with your faith? Um, I think I handle it a lot better now. Okay. Um, I've got a lot of peace. I didn't have that when I returned. Um, I know I lost. Uh, well, we lost one of our snipers when he returned from over there. He was our senior airman over there, and he um, took his life because of PTSD. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is very close to home. So. Mm. And um, I know that other people are struggling with it at this point in time. And it's um, like we do bring people home safely, but the war isn't over for them. So, yeah. And this is, I think this is something that we really need to highlight on Anzac Day is, um, you know, our servicemen that, and, and women that come back and what they continue to suffer and that we can, need to be continually there for them and to give them all, this, all the support that we can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I imagine that Anzac Day means something different to you as um, somebody who's in the armed forces than for, you know, civilians like myself. 
What does what what does Anzac Day mean to you? It's just a day to put aside and um and, and remember, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have served, and um, and it's not just them that are impacted. It's also the families. Like I was away for seven months, um, for my first deployment, and I had a a young boy and um and my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, um, yeah, who had to go through that and and adjust and and deal with me while I was over there because um, we were able to communicate and then also um, when I also did return so um, the families also need to be remembered as well because they take a big hit as well when the partner's not there to support them throughout daily or their daily life so mm. um, but yeah but for me it's just a it's just a day of um, remembering and um, just put put aside in, uh, putting aside a day where we can yeah just sort of cherish the, the good country that we live in and um, and respect those that have made the decision to go over there and um, serve their country so yeah yep absolutely now Jesse you have another role other than being um, <coughs> a uh, sniper super supervisor but uh, you are also a, an elder at the uh, Raymond Terrace Church where um, of course we have Lawson on the show here pretty regularly yes lovely Lawson and uh, Lawson's part of your church there he is yeah um, and I'm just wondering whether you can tell us a little bit of your testimony your own personal journey of faith um, yeah, so for myself, I've only been a Christian um, and also a Seventh-day Adventist for uh, a few years now. I've been baptized uh, two years. I would say I, was, I started to believe about three to four years ago. Um, but for myself, uh, it's been it's been a, a journey. Um, I was uh, never a Christian. I did grow up um, in Seventh-day Adventist schools, um, but I wouldn't say I was a Christian, and I definitely walked away from... Uh, God um, uh, after I finished school at Avondale High School and um, yeah, I'm joining the Defence Force you know got involved with um, you know like alcohol and um, you know substance abuse to deal with you know the, the stresses of, of the job which, which was not a good thing I don't recommend that and um, yeah and then um, yeah I came I, I went to Afghanistan before I went to Afghanistan my um, dad gave me a Bible which is the one that you can see here now it's this um, camouflage um, Bible that he... I can't see anything. It looks invisible to me. It looks, it looks like you're holding yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so he, he asked me to take this over there with me. Um, I, I chuckled at the idea. Um, yeah, when he said to, to do that, um, and before I left, you know, I was like, oh, I may as well take it, because I heard stories of people um, taking bullets and, and the Bible ultimately... Um, Keeping the bullet from entering, yeah, there's, there's entering their body. Have, yeah, Bibles have stopped a few bullets over the years. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I laughed at it at first, but then when it came to actually deploying over there, I actually took it with me and took it on all my patrols. Um, I tried reading it once, didn't understand it, put it down, never read it again. And then, um, yeah. So, and then, and then I came back with a lot of questions after after going to war, as most people do. And um, yeah, in 2014, um, I saw my. Uh, my wife now, or my girlfriend at the time, she um, she went through a change. She started reading the Bible, and um, I got to see a few people um, see the impact on their lives through through Christ. And uh, and yeah, basically um, for me, I ended up quitting drinking because um, I came back and started getting back into the um, in my old ways and um, and trying to deal with life's problems with alcohol. And um, yeah, and then um, I decided to quit drinking, which is where it all began. And, um, and I, qu- I quit drinking because I'd lost my family before I actually deployed. I had a bad breakup. And, um, 
yeah, so I saw myself going through the same uh, process again, and I basically quit drinking, which is which opened up a massive um, hole in my life because that's it fills a lot of your time up, it numbs a lot of the the pain and and uh, questions of the world. And yeah, basically in um, yeah in 2014, I um, yeah t- I took up surfing, tried to fill that big hole, um, and then. Uh, and then basically that didn't work and then a lot of the questions I came back with from Afghanistan was like why did I go to war am I born just to die uh, why did I have to break up with my partner um, you know why is the world a messed up place why do bad things happen to good people um, and all these questions started to come to me a lot more because I'd stopped drinking and um, yeah basically uh, one night um, Oh, actually, at Christmas in in 2014, I met a man named uh, Blake Penland, who's the pastor in my church now. Um, funny enough, and uh, I remember him talking to my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's who's now my wife, Lana. And um, and Lana had some dreams, and she was going through um, some crazy things. And um, Blake, I remember Blake talking to her over Christmas, and I'd never seen somebody so happy um, with himself and I was like, what's this guy taking, you know, like what, what drugs this guy on, you know, and um, I want I want some of that and um, yeah, anyway, long story short, um, encouraged my wife to go to church and, and she was happy and, and she wanted to do it and I was just willing to go to church just so she could be happy. I just wanted her to be happy and, you know, I was still going through my own issues and um, I remember Blake saying to me, he said, um, oh, he said it, said it's Alana, he said, uh, uh, you're going to want to go to church and, and the devil's going to want to stop you. He's he's going to make sure you don't go there. You're, you're on a good wicket now. You're on the right track and he's going to stop you. In the first um, week, we tried to go to church as a family. He, um, Yeah, like we all got sick just out of nowhere and um, and it sort of played on my mind a bit. And then um, and then the following uh, Sabbath, um, we decided to go again because we were feeling better. And, um, and that Friday night, this is where it sort of gets interesting. So that Friday night, um, Lana's like, yeah, we're going to go to church tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then, like, in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to go to church. I don't I don't want to be a part of this, you know. Um, all, all that doubt was starting to kick in. And um, and I was like, I'll tell her in the morning that I'm not going. So anyway, I went to, um, I went to sleep that night, and um, I had a dream. And um, anyway, this dream um, was the worst dream I've ever had in my life, basically. Um my family's at point um, point A. I'm at, I'm at point B, and I'm trying to save my family. I'm running towards them, and um, and just as I get the get to them to save them, the world's crumbling around. There's earthquakes, there's tsunamis, and just as I go to grab them to save them, the dream restarts. And um, anyway, this dream goes on and on and on, and I wake up in a cold sweat um, early in the morning, probably around uh, 3 a.m. in the morning, and I wake up and I and I'm. I've never been so scared in my life and um and at that point in time all those questions and everything just were all on top of me this dream happens and then it was the first time i um i looked to the ceiling and i said god if you're real i, I need help right right now and um yeah and then um and then i just felt peace i just i just had peace come over me and i and i went straight back to sleep anyway um i woke up again uh in the morning it was early in the morning and um yeah, and this this Bible verse popped into my head, um, and I thought, wow, that's that's a bit weird, you know, because um, I had little exposure because I went to Adventist schools, and um, yeah, and, and this Bible verse popped in my head, and I was like, no, nah, you're crazy, this is weird, this is too weird for me, and um, basically I went back to sleep again, and then I woke up again, and everyone's getting ready for church, and then um, basically 
um, this Bible here, my wife was actually reading it at the time because she was studying the Bible. And, um, and I, I grabbed it and I started reading through it. And I could only remember um, E3611. I couldn't remember the, the book of the Bible. It was just E3611. I could remember the, the numbers, like the the, uh, the chapter and the verse. I just couldn't pick it up. And it was, you, you know how you, you have something in your mind and you can't think of it and it really frustrates you. That was basically what I was going through. Then I was like, oh, you're crazy. Threw it down. And then um, basically what happened from there, we go to church, so we roll up to um, Walls End Church, and then my wife says to me, she says, um, why did you pick up the Bible this morning? Because that was the first time I picked it up, and I was actually actively looking through it, and um, and then it just uh, it hit me, and the, the Bible verse that, um, that I got mm-hmm. from that dream, yeah. funny enough, um, was Ecclesiastes 3, uh, 6 to 11, and it says, uh, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to turn, a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and time for peace. What do we really get from all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And, um, yeah, and that, I literally just broke down in tears in the car, and I just walked into the church, and, um, and I, and I sat down there, and I just kept reading that Bible verse over and over and over and over and over again for the whole service. And, um, yeah, and then I, I ended up going home and um, and the doubt started coming over me again and um, and I was like, no, nah, this is crazy. This this is a coincidence, you know, because that, that that's what I believe. It's pretty in. big coincidence. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty big coincidence. And um, yeah, and then from there, um, yeah, the, the doubt came over me again and I was like, this is this is too good to be true. This is way too good to be true. And um, and I was sitting there flicking through the Bible because it's the first time I picked it up. And then um, my dad had given me this. He'd written something in the front of the, the Bible, which I had. Oh, uh, yeah, read, yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is what I should have read a long time ago. But I'll, I'll read that to you now. So sure. this is when I've got um, all this yeah. doubt coming over me. And it says, um, Dear Jess, this book is full of stories of other people's lives that have long since gone but are still relevant today. If you are wise, you can learn from other people's mistakes and find the true meaning of life. What is life really all about? Are we born just to die? Why do bad things happen? Why is the world so messed up? How will it all end? I hope and pray one day you can find relevant information in this book and your eyes will be open to what has gone in the past and what will happen in the future. It is all in this book. When you are ready, just ask God to lead you and it will happen. Love, Dad. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. If only, yeah, if only everyone had a dad like your dad. That's just, and and you know, when you were ready, that was that was there waiting for you. Praise yeah. God! What a, what an incredible testimony. Yeah, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a privilege to have you here on the show this morning to share your story, and uh, we just all here at Faith FM and across Australia want to thank you and all of our other servicemen today on Anzac Day for your service for your sacrifice and for what you do to endeavor to make this world a better place. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. That was uh, Jesse Stanfield, um, Corporal Jesse Stanfield with the Royal Australian Air Force and also an elder from uh, Raymond Terrace uh, Church joining us here on Faith FM this morning. Uh, We do need to move on with our show. This is Andy McLeod with Abide With Me. Mm -hmm. 
You were listening to Andy McLeod with Abide With Me here on Faith FM this morning and, of course, down at the dawn service that we held right here um, at Stewart's Point Convention Centre, uh, which we do every year. That was the hymn that we all sung together this morning. It was a very beautiful experience, a very moving experience. We, uh, you know, the whole, uh, there was, you know, several hundred people there. Uh, gathered for the dawn service, a beautiful morning, crystal clear skies, the sun coming up, um, nothing, you, you could not imagine anything more peaceful, and we all gathered around and sang, Abide With Me, um, and remembered uh, the Anzacs and the others, or all others who have served in our armed forces today. And as Jesse said um, in his interview, we also remember the families because... Um, so many families are affected by, you know, when when when, uh, when when service people go overseas. But we do need to move on. And Mon, have you got another clue for our quiz? This is doing my head in. Yeah, I'm, I so, cannot de- be- I'm so delighted it's doing your head in. Um, I'm just trying to pick out the last three clues, which is the hardest. Okay, okay, I think I got it. I think I got it. <laughs> what creature am I? James tells how we cannot control this creature, but we... Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me start that again. James, what creature am I? James tells us how we can control this creature, but we cannot control our tongues. So James says we can control this creature, but we cannot control our tongues. Lyle has it right. I think. Did, did you see that, Jasmine? I did see it, sorry. Ah, did Jasmine you, did just you, cheated. Did you know? So she didn't know the answer. <laughs> but it's a very fitting... fitting um, Animal for today, really, isn't it? It is. There's another clue right there. This is an mm-hmm. animal that is appropriate to Anzac Day. That's and, right. Uh, so thank you for choosing that quiz. Um, Jasmine, did you know what it was before I you... I did s- not. Oh! Oh! I shouldn't have accidentally shown you. If you know what the answer is, you can give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text on 0491-064-669. If you get the answer right, we will send you a copy of the prize. Today's prize is... Faith of the Anzacs, a really great book by Daniel Renault. Uh, we actually interviewed him about that book last year. I think, did we interview him on Anzac Day? Um, no, no, it was before Anzac Day. Okay. It, was when the, it was the book launch. We, we interviewed him on the book launch. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was a really great book and um, definitely one to be reading. Uh, okay, so, um, I'm really sorry to all of our Instagram followers. Let me just make a little footnote who are going on our Instagram as per usual our to watch our clues. Our is dead, Yeah, dead, anyone who's dead. trying to jump on our social media to check out the clues online because we do post the clues. Our internet is so dead. Like I'm trying to post post them up there and it's just not loading and then it disappears and then I'm really, really sorry. Yeah, this hour of the morning, you know, it's 8 o'clock. Everybody who did not go to the dawn service is waking up. Everybody who did go to the dawn service has finished their breakfast and as a result of that, everybody's suddenly gone online because none of the meetings have started yet. They don't mm-hmm. start for another hour and the people are checking their Facebooks and um, you know whatever else, what other social media and it just brings the internet to a screaming halt. Stewart's Point is a sleepy little village on the coast. Um, I, if it has 300 people living in it, I would be surprised. And when we turn up with uh, 2,500 people, it just <laughs> melts the services down. Whoa, whoa. And we have a bird joining us right here in the wow. studio. Flies Two birds in. just flew into our tent. Flies out. 
whacked me on the noggin. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I'd had that streaming on Instagram. That was you can uh, join a unique us like the experience birds right there. Yeah, feel free, much like the birds just felt free to do, to join us in our live studio audience. You can come on down. If you're in the Stewart's Point area, just come on down to the um, Stewart Point's Convention Centre, our tent, our pop-up Faith FM studio is situated right next to the dining hall. Just walk around the dining hall and you won't be able to miss our tent. It has our logo on the front. You can come in here every morning from 7 to 9. We are broadcasting our show live. And there is a free cookbook for every single person who comes and joins our live studio audience. And like Jasmine, you might even end up on the radio. <laughs> so Jasmine, yeah, you never know. Jasmine is our you diehard fan. She's here before the show starts, so good on her. Um, Lyle, I just wanted to ask you, like, as someone who's not hugely familiar with what goes on on an Anzac Day, I actually have never been to a service before. Um, why are you wearing a sprig of rosemary? Like, are you planning on roasting some vegetables later? Uh, no, it's just something that we wear um, on Anzac Day to uh, remember those who have um, fallen, either a, a, a sprig of rosemary or a, um, a, a red poppy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, know, I know the red poppy, but I didn't know there was something with the rosemary sprig either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's and cool. And so um, those were all handed out at the uh, dawn service this morning. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just very special. And apart from that, it smells really nice. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it smells it's in, like roast potatoes, my, um, isn't it? <laughs> it's in my uh, it's in my buttonhole, and uh, it's just amazing. And uh, it's it's. Do they hand out Anzac cookies by chance? Because I think that would be pretty great. Um, no, they weren't handing out Anzac uh, bickies, but bickies, by the way, not cookies. When this is the, you mine, can't, bad. You can't call Anzac bickies. <laughs> Cookies. They are bickies. Um, no, but we should all be eating Anzac biscuits today. Okay. And by the way, mm. um, it's illegal. Did you know it's illegal to change the recipe for Anzac biggies? Yes, I did. I saw that yeah. there was potentially fines being handed out for people who put chocolate chips in them. Chocolate chips That's in right. Them. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's keep them pure. Let's keep them in the tradition well, of Anzac. Whatever. Speaking of Anzac Day, there's actually been an article um, been released by an Australian soldier. Um, as a message for parents with noisy kids on Anzac Day. So this has just come out today. Um, he served two, two, two tours of Afghanistan, and he's issued a plea to parents concerned about noisy kids at Anzac Day dawn services. So this is uh, David Wilson, and he wrote um, that it recently came to his attention that some people won't be bringing their children uh, to dawn services, which are all wrapping up around the country at the moment. And he said, um, you know, because they, they make noise and they fidget during the minute silence and they get embarrassed and they don't want to offend anyone. And he wrote, let me tell you, as a returned service veteran of two tours of Afghanistan, that when I close my eyes during that minute silence, it's the cries of the little ones in the crowd that makes it so special to me. It's the reason why myself and so many of my fellow veterans and ultimately our fallen heroes gave their time, service and lives for their families, their countrymen. Which is such a beautiful thing to, to let parents know uh, that, you know, if you do have noisy little kids, that's fine. We understand that kids are noisy. Bring them along to your dawn services. Bring them along to churches. This is exactly why they should be coming. We're going to finish up this segment with Lest We Forget by Lee Kernigan, followed by Advance Australia On Fair. On Flanders fields where battles reign, our sons have gone, the young and brave. And best of mates, they're side by side, together fought, together died. We'll not forget the promise made, you live forever, eternal flame, and so we all. 
lest we forget, lest we forget. It's silent now. The guns have ceased. The crosses mark brave souls at peace. The bugle plays a sad refrain. We rise as one on this proud day. We'll not forget the promise made. You live forever, eternal flame. And so we all remember them. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. So we all remember them Lest we forget Lest we forget We'll not forget the promise Faith FM, positively different radio.